Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook. My name is Josh Friesen and I'm one of the volunteer hosts here at Faithbrook. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we are so thankful and excited you've joined us for worship today. If you're newer here, we would love to get connected with you. So in the seat in front of you, there is a blue connection card. Please consider filling it out and dropping it in the giving boxes on the way out today. Or if you wanna do a digital version, you can go to faithbrook.church connect. Right now, we have eight students and two adults down in Tampa, Florida at the Nazarene Youth Conference. This is a once in a lifetime conference and thanks to your generous giving, these kids will deepen their faith. If you would like to participate in giving for life enriching events like this, you can do so using the Church Center app or on our website. We really appreciate your generosity. Well, in just a second, we're gonna welcome our next gen pastor, Eric Vogel, as we continue our series, H2O. Well, good morning. Good to see you all. Glad to be here, whether you're joining us in person or online. Uh, my name, yep, is Eric Vogel, Next Gen Pastor. Been here about two months. Um, really excited to be able to bring the message today. First opportunity I've had here at Faithbrook, now at my prior church. I had uh, plenty of opportunities to preach there, and I've been here for about two months, and I've taught with both the youth and the kids, and we've done some different events there, but this is my first time preaching here. Um, you know, in my last church, uh, we used to have a little bit of a time called uh, children's chat, where the kids were here in the service, and we'd call them down up front, and one of the adults would kind of uh, explain the sermon from uh, before the sermon actually happened, before the kids would leave for their own time of worship. And so one of those days, I'm there, I'm uh, doing the children's chat, I've called the kids forward. We're talking about the story of Lazarus that day. And we're talking about Lazarus, and if you're familiar at all, Jesus comes and Lazarus is dead, but Jesus raises him from the dead. And so we're talking to these kids about it. And I'm not exactly sure on how I exactly did this and the details of how it went, but somehow, some way, by the end of the children's chat, we had gotten on the topic of zombies right here in the middle of the church service. Yes. And so after we had done with the kids and sent them on their way, uh, the senior pastor comes up, is preaching that day, and he just says, like, you know, I think I need to start filtering Eric before he comes up here. Uh, and that's all suffice to say that a little bit of trust is on all of you because both Pastor Jim and Pastor Taylor were not this week to filter me. So who knows what we're going to get today. But um, so why don't we pray first? Why don't we offer a little bit of prayer up uh, before, we, before we go further? Uh, Lord Jesus, we just um, just pray right now for this uh, sermon as I've been preparing all week and praying about it and your spirit's been guiding me. I pray, Lord, that the words that I speak today come from you and not from myself and that the ears that hear it, they can hear uh, with your spirit, Lord. And so we thank you for that. In your name, amen. Well, we've been continuing a series on H2O where we take either passages from the Bible that deal with water or we take some illustration of water that we can see in real life and we talk about what we can learn or what we can apply to our lives from each of those. And today we're going to be talking a little bit something called a mirage. 
No, a mirage, it happens as light moves through the cold air. You can kind of see in this description, the, the light from the sun's moving through cold air, and as it gets right above the hot surface, there's hot air and the light is bent. And our eyes, they're not really trained, and our brains are not really trained to see bent light like that. We're used to straight light. And so as that light is bent, running right over there, it's reflecting the, sun, the, the sky above, the blue sky. And what else do we know that reflects the blue sky but the water? And so our brains must say, well, there's something out there. It's reflecting the blue sky. So that means it must be water. And so our brain is literally saying, that's water there. It is tricked into believing that there is something there that is not there. And when I think of mirages, when I think of that, I can't help but think of the classic example we see in cartoons like Looney Tunes, right? You've got a character and they got, you know, like they've got lost in the desert and they're wandering around, they're walking like this. They're sweating, you can see the drops running off. They've been wandering for days or, or whoever knows how long and they're dying of thirst and all of a sudden in the distance they see it. You've got the palm trees, you've got the crystal clear pool of water, and out of nowhere, out of the middle of the desert, it appears that their salvation is upon you. So they, they start running as fast as they can, and they get right to the edge, and they jump high in the air, and they go to dive in, and right as they're about to smack dab in the middle of the water, the mirage disappears, and they get nothing but a face full of sand. It's that moment that they thought that they were going to have their salvation, that they realized they get nothing but complete disappointment. Have you ever encountered anything like that in your life? Have you ever been chasing after something and determined that if you could get that one thing, everything in your life would be fixed, everything would be solved, only to maybe get that thing and then to feel that, well, that wasn't as satisfying as I thought it was going to be. Or maybe you even got it and you thought, well, this was completely dissatisfying. It was good for a little bit, but that really wasn't that good in the end. Maybe you had a time where you poured out your life into one thing and it was like running after that mirage in the desert, going as fast as you can. Nothing else mattered. And then when you actually got it, you hit nothing but a face full of sand. And you know, when I have moments like that in my life, I ask myself, was any of this worthwhile? Would any of this worth spending any of my time at? Is there anything here that lasts? Like that was good, but it didn't, it didn't stay forever. I had to go find something else to replace it after a while. Have you ever asked that question of yourself too? And if you're like me and you've been asking yourself that question at times, well, we're not alone. Throughout history, all different civilizations, all different people have been asking themselves that question. What is the purpose of life? Why are we here? What, what is all of this? Where, where is purpose? Where is meaning? And interesting, in the Bible, there is a book that addresses this question in a very unique way. 
In the Old Testament, we read a book of the Bible. It's called Ecclesiastes. And this book is heavily implied to be written by King Solomon. King Solomon was the son of King David. He was the third king of a united Israel. And he was, and the Bible tells us he was gifted with incredible wisdom, wisdom from God even, that he was wiser than any person who had been before him or any person who would come afterwards. And that people would come from all over the world. They would come to see him because of how wise. They wanted his judgment because they knew they would get a fair and righteous judgment if they could ask him. Or if they had a really hard question, you know, like a, like a really hard algebra question, right? Like he could solve it. Then it also tells us, though, that it wasn't just wisdom that he had. He was able, anytime he encountered an enemy, a foreign nation, an invader, a rebellion in his own country, he defeated them, no problem. No one was able to stand before him. And that gold was said to be so plentiful in the land that silver was considered worthless. That's a lot of gold to have that much. He built massive buildings, a temple, the Temple of Solomon, the first Jewish temple, uh, that was, you know, grand and adorned with all kinds of jewels and precious metals and multiple palaces and fortresses, all kinds of different building projects, things that you would think would stand forever. And he also is said to have had over 1,000 wives and concubines. Whatever he wanted, he was able to take for himself. And so when it came to this life, Solomon kind of had it all. And so when he says this line in Ecclesiastes, he says, I, the teacher, was king of Israel, and I lived in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore wisdom. Everything was done, being done under heaven. Solomon was in a unique situation compared to the rest of us because he was powerful enough, he was wise enough, he had enough wealth, he really genuinely could explore every single thing that life had to offer and say, hey, this was good, or you know what? No, this wasn't good. He had that option. And so the entire book of Ecclesiastes is Solomon just going through these things and trying to figure out, is there meaning? Is there purpose? What is all this wisdom good for? And so here's what he says. He says, everything is meaningless. Completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come... And generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again into the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Some people say, hey, here's something that's new. Actually, it's not. It's actually old. Nothing is ever truly new. 
We don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. Well, that's kind of disappointing. I was hoping for a little bit better response than that. You know, Solomon then even goes through the rest of the book and he starts listing it out. He's like, yeah, I'm so wise. And I realized, oh man, this wisdom, this was meaningless. And then he's like, well, what about all my pleasure? If I just have good times all the time, I get my wives and have parties and just enjoy life. Wouldn't that be it? Nope, that wasn't satisfying either. Let's try something else. I'm going to do all these great works. I'm going to build things, but one day they're all going to crumble. This is all worthless too. He describes his wisdom, his pleasure, his wealth, his work, his power. In the end, it is all but nothing but meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And this word meaningless is really interesting here. If you ever picked up, say, a King James Bible, maybe you picked it up and it says like vanity of vanities. Some other translations go and say that it's worthless, utterly worthless, Well, here's a little Hebrew for you. Here's what the actual word is. This word in Hebrew is called havel. And if you take the literal translation of havel, it means like water vapor or breath. It's like the droplets of water in your breath as you breathe out. That is what it literally means. So, I want you all to go with a little thought experiment with me right here, okay? I want you to stick, uh, enter uh, the land of imagination with me right now, okay? So we can better picture what Solomon's saying. I want you to picture a situation that's very foreign to all of us here in Minnesota, and it's cold outside, okay? I've been here two months. It's never happened, right? So picture that it's cold out here. We're in cold Minnesota. And you go outside and you breathe, hopefully, um, and you're breathing and you can see your breath because it's so cold outside. And if you reach out, I want you to try to reach out and you try to grab that breath. You can't do it, right? Doesn't work. You can't hold on to that breath. It's there in a moment and it's gone the next. As we breathe, the water droplets in our breath are condensing and then they're disappearing. But for that brief moment, we can see it. And so when Solomon says that all of this is Havel, 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 everything is Havel, what he's saying is he's using a a comparison. Like we could sit here and be like, You know, that song, that song's just trash. It's garbage. It's not actually garbage. We just don't like it. And he's saying, all of this is meaningless. It's like our own breath. It's as temporary as seeing our breath on a cold day. We can see it in a moment, and then it's gone the next. It's there, and then it disappears. It's like chasing after the wind. It's like a mirage. The moment we think we have it, it's gone. And that's because Solomon is trying to get to this point, and he's trying to tell us that you will always feel dissatisfied with the temporary things of this world. Solomon tried it all. He found it all to be meaningless, and he found it all to be pointless. Because he said one day everything would be forgotten. 
think about it. It would all disappear one day like, mirage, like a mirage. Like Solomon was the most powerful person in the world. But when he died, he had to go pass his power on to the next person. And he had all of that money. I mean, so much gold that silver was worthless, right? But, in, but eventually... That gold is spent. You can't, you know, I've, I've not been to Israel today, but I imagine if you go, gold's not that plentiful. And there's all those people, all those nations that he defeated. Well, they conquered Israel one day. And all those great buildings, you can't, you can't even, you can't visit his palaces. You can't visit his great fortress. The temple of Solomon was torn down, rebuilt, then torn down again. And what is good is all that knowledge and wisdom in the grave. Yeah, we can learn from it today. I mean, it's good for us. But for him, didn't give him any power or knowledge to escape death. All of it was Havel. All of it was temporary. All of it was a mirage. So maybe you identify with Solomon somewhat. You might not be a king like him. You might not be a ruler and have all the money and power and wealth in the world to be able to explore everything. If you can, let me know. I'd love to try some of it with you. But even if we did, we realized it wouldn't be there. But maybe there's been one or two of these things that you have tried. Maybe there's been one or two of these things that you identify with that you're like, hey, I I might not have been able to chase after everything, but like Solomon, I could chase after that one. And Last week, Pastor Jim was up here, and he had that nice bottle of smart water, because he's very smart. And I'm not, I don't have one, so I guess I'm not smart. But he used that prop to represent the living water that we need in Jesus. And so I got a few other props uh, that are in here. That maybe as I bring these out, each one's going to represent something. And maybe you will identify with one of the things I bring out. So the first one I got here is this can of Coca-Cola, right? Last year, $34 billion worth of Coca-Cola was sold around the world. That's not including like Diet Coke and Vanilla Coke and Cherry Coke and all the other stuff. Just this kind, $34 billion this is the highest selling beverage in the world. And so maybe you're like this can of Coke and, you know, like they're selling more than anybody, but they're still putting ads out there. They're still marketing. They're still trying to get you to buy more because maybe you're like the can of Coke and maybe you have been searching after money. Maybe you have been searching after wealth. Maybe you've been trying and saying, hey, if I just made a little bit more money, then I'd be satisfied. If I could just cover all these you know, issues, if I, I, w- I would be good. But then you go and you say, hey, I made $50,000. Okay, that's pretty good, but now, now I need to make 100000 Now I need to make 200000 Now I need to make a million dollars. Now I need to make $10 million. And you can even look at our billions and billionaires that we have out here. They're not satisfied. They need more even though they have more money than what life can offer. And there's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. But if you're constantly searching after it, you will find that you always continue to need more. One millionaire once said, he said, I don't need to own the whole world. I just need to own the parts that touch mine. 
because we always kind of need more. So maybe, maybe you identify with searching after the wealth like this Coca-Cola can. Uh, next one in there, maybe, maybe you're like this Powerade bottle. Powerade, success. You've, you've reached the mountaintop. You're standing on top of the podium. You won the gold medal. You got your hand raised. You, you got the part in the movie or play. You've reached the pinnacle of success. Now you can rehydrate yourself, right? But as you reach up there, and once again, there's nothing wrong with success. There's nothing wrong with setting goals and chasing after them. What happens when you reach that goal? Well, you got to go find another one. The team doesn't sit there and they win the Super Bowl and then say, well, that was great. I guess I'll never play football ever again. No, they come back and a week later, they're already training for next season because that feel of that mountaintop is so great. They're like, I got to get back there. That was good, but I need it again. I got to feel that again. Where you get that, that thrill of performing in front of someone and you're like, that was good. Now I need to go back up there and practice again. You don't do the play and then say, never again. You don't work hard and win the award from your job and, and receive that accomplishment and say, all right, I guess I never have to put in a hard day's work ever again. No, you continue because it's not that, that moment up there, it's fleeting. It's there for the moment and then it's gone the next. So maybe, maybe you identify with this Powerade bottle. Uh, maybe you identify with this next one. I've got some sparkling ice, stra kiwi, strawberry flavored sparkling water. You know, strawberry, good flavor on their own, right? Kiwi, good flavor on their own. Put them together, you got a winner. And that's somehow, you know, with a lot of us with relationships, like we're okay on our own and the other person's good, but together, that's a winner. I'd probably say Ali's more the winner than me, but anyways. You are sitting here and you're looking for that relationship. You're looking for that person who's gonna fill that hole or that void in your life. And you're just like, hey, if, if I could just find that other person, that, that kiwi to my strawberry, I get that person, then everything's gonna be figured out. That person's going to complete me. That person's gonna make me feel good about myself. I'm gonna wake up every morning and they're gonna make breakfast for me and they're gonna do all the chores, right? And it's all, you know, they're always going to love me at every single moment, so we'll have no ever disagreements ever. Well, yeah, if you've been in a relationship for five seconds, you know that's probably not true. Because no imperfect person could ever fill that void. We'll always have our disagreements, we'll always have the parts where we fall short for the other person. We will always have those moments where the other person will not meet our expectations because they are imperfect. Only a perfect person could perfectly fill those uh, expectations there. And so you see the people who constantly bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship and say, no, this one, this person is Mr. Right. No, 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 this is Miss Right over here. They're going to figure everything out. And once I'm with that, that last one was bad, but now that I'm with this one, this one will be good. But that person falls short too. It is an 
find it unsatisfying as well. So maybe, maybe you're like the sparkling ice kiwi strawberry. Uh, maybe you're like this next one. This is interesting. How about a beer can? You're all about the good times, baby. You know, and there's nothing wrong with having some good times, with getting, you know, enjoying yourself, hanging out with friends, enjoying some pleasure. But each moment that pleasure comes and then it leaves and then you're looking for the next event. Where's my next uh, moment where I can enjoy? Where's my next hit of dopamine where I can get that next adrenaline rush and you continue to up the ante and up the ante because the last time, okay, that was good, but if I'm gonna get that same level of kick, it's gotta be more. And so you continue to push it and continue to push it and find it as unsatisfying as the last. Because you can enjoy the moment. If, you, if we could have good times all the time, then this would be great, but we can't. There are both good times and there are bad times. And so maybe, maybe you identify here with the beer can. Maybe the last one that you identify with um, I thought about grabbing coffee for this one, but I, I thought maybe a few people might storm out, so I didn't grab that one. But what I got instead is an energy drink. And you're always, and like energy drink, you get that, you get that energy, you can go do your work, and you could get right after it every time. And you're like an energy drink, and it's Work, 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 every single moment. No chance to rest, because I gotta get ahead, I gotta keep going, I find my meaning, I find my purpose, I find who I am in my work. And there's, once again, there's nothing, just like all the rest of these up there, there's nothing wrong with having good work. There's nothing wrong with going out there and, and doing your job well. Maybe your job is, is even helping other people or serving other people, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're constantly on the clock, if you're constantly striving, if you're constantly looking for the next chance to get ahead, you will always find yourself short. You always find in the end, okay, I, got, I, I did my job, but now there's more work to do. Okay, I completed this task, but now there's more work to do. Because there's always something else. There's always some way to continue going. So maybe you see yourself like this energy can, or, may, or maybe these other ones. Maybe you feel that one of these things will bring you the satisfaction. Maybe you will bring this, the thing that you are searching for in your life. And as I said, none of these are inherently bad. There's nothing wrong with any of these, but when we make them all consuming, when we make them everything in our life that we're searching for, if we're running after them, like the cartoon character running after that mirage, we will find them as empty, as unsatisfying as this can of beer. Nothing there in the end. And, not, and if you doubt this, if you're like, no, no, I, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong, Pastor Eric. I think if I really get that thing, I think I will feel satisfied. I think all my problems will be solved with one of these things, or maybe there's something else you have in there. Um, so if you doubt that, I would just recommend to just take a look around at our country as a whole. You know, not to discount any of the hardships, any of the struggles that you, someone you know, that many people around this country may be suffering 
but compared to some of the hardships that exist around the world, we have opportunities and wealth and power that most of the world cannot imagine. And yet, even with all of these opportunities, even with all of everything, you know, in some levels that put us on, for some people, we look like King Solomon's up here. They, those people sit here and, you know, we have all of this rates of depression, rates of suicide, rates of anxiety continue to skyrocket. Between 2015 and 2020, rates of depression among Americans who said, hey, I've been depressed at some point in my life, that has increased by 10 percentage points to nearly a third of all Americans. And that was ending in 2020. That is, I, I shudder to think what through the pandemics and through the lockdowns, what those statistics might look like now. And if I could suggest this, if I could propose this, it says maybe it's because all of these things here, while good, while, you know, all okay, nothing wrong with them, but they're not going to bring this that satisfaction. And maybe it's because just like King Solomon, we will always feel dissatisfied with the temporary things of this world. You see, if we always spend our time chasing after things that are always temporary, things that will disappear like a mirage, that will be lost, that will be forgotten, we will find that none of these things are worth it in the end. Nothing that is temporary will bring us the meaning that we long for. Nothing that will one day disappear will bring us the true unending satisfaction that our souls long for. We long for something permanent. We long for something that will never run out. And when Solomon gets to the end of Ecclesiastes, he reaches a conclusion and he says this. That's the whole story. Here's now my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. If you have been searching, if you have been looking for meaning, and you've been looking for purpose, and you haven't found it yet, then perhaps it's time you look to Jesus. Perhaps it's time you look to him and start looking instead of for temporary things, but instead for something that is eternal, for something that is permanent, something that will never run out. God gave a promise to his people in the Bible who turned away from them. There was a time when the Israelites had turned away, had been sent into exile, and God gave them a promise. He said to this them from the prophet Jeremiah, he said, if you look through for me wholeheartedly, you will Find me. Maybe you've been looking. Maybe you've been looking in one of these things or something else, and you just haven't found it yet. You found it unsatisfying. You found it uh, empty. You found it meaningless. You thought you had it in one moment, and then it disappeared like a mirage. Maybe you have been looking. Maybe you have encountered the living water of Jesus. You've had that encounter in there more but you only've had a sip or two. You've only had a little bit. You haven't been searching for it wholeheartedly. But the promise that comes from God says that if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will, there it goes. That's a good illustration, it's just gonna fall off. 
If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And that's just one of the many, many promises that God has supplied to us through the Bible. There's so many more that came from. And so if we stop searching, stop desiring the temporary things of this world, if we could be a people who could live into that glorious promises of God, live in a way that we could fully embrace everything that Jesus Christ has to offer us. And what the Bible tells us that is more than we could ask or imagine. And so maybe it's time we stop looking for mirages in the desert and we start finding the true oasis in Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me and pray? Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you do offer us something permanent. I pray, God, that for anyone here who is searching, for wherever they are in their journey, maybe they've never encountered you before. Maybe they've known you for a little bit. Maybe they've known you all, your li- all their lives. But I pray, God, that they will continue to search after you. You've said it in your word. If you search for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Help us, Lord, to search for you. Help us to find that thing, to find you that brings us that meaning, that brings us the satisfaction that will never disappear, that will not disappear like a mirage. I pray for everyone this week that they can encounter that in you. Amen. Well, thank you all for joining, um, and we will see you all next week.